Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Odyssey in Sports Radio 94 WIP. The first time in the history of this podcast, Jack Fritz, do we get to come on and talk about a freaking no-hitter. This pod was already going to be a banger pod, folks. Let me just tell you, because we have a very, very special guest, a high hopes, like, all-time get for us on this pod today. And we're like, oh, we'll just come in tomorrow. We'll record, you know. 15 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes. Because the, the big thing is the guest today. That's what matters. And then that happens. We were just talking before the pod. I legitimately think it is arguably, you know, outside of clinching a playoff. Like in 2007, when they clinched, it was like, oh, my God, the weight. Like that was a, a magical thing. Like 93. Well, and, for, ch- and chasing down the Mets. Chasing down the Mets, the whole thing. For me, 93, for the first time I get to see my team in the play. Like that was I was meaningful, but like outside of a clinching game, like Jack, arguably the greatest regular season Phillies game of our lifetime, like certainly up there between, you know, it was, you know me and I, shout out to the tweet, man. Shout out to the tweet. (laughs) I was welling up. Like I was was Wes Wilson. I even thought about it. He stepped to the plate. I'm like, what if this kid does this? 
this? What if this kid hits home run his first? And then the family and the whole thing. I got two families last night, Jack. I know. It's a big sell tonight. In all honesty, like I didn't cry during the Wes Wilson thing, but we never lie to the High Hopes listeners ever, right? Yeah. Michael Lorenzen holding his daughter oh, on the field. So we used to have the exact same little, like the way her hair, like she had a strip on top of her head. So we did the little like ponytail where it shoots up in the air the exact like i i welled up last night where i tears were yeah. were had when i saw him on the field with his daughter after it was a, it was a it was a freaking magical night man. it was and i mean if you ever want to like explain to people baseball and like why people love baseball yeah. i think last night if you just the aliens come down right and they're like <laughs> I love it. it's my favorite way to explain i love that yeah and they're like hey like why do because there's people who don't who are casual baseball fans or casual sports fans like yeah baseball's boring yada 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 like how do you like that it's so boring drive to blah 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 blah. <laughs> I think that was like the best impersonation I think I've ever. Heard. If you showed if you just showed them all right why do people love baseball and and you you you, you put on last night's game you have the and by the way I'm calling him Weston Wilson like because I think of like like he West sounds West Helms to West Helmsy exactly but yeah. also like it just sounds like a like a Duke. Or it's like a someone... much cooler name, Weston Wilson. Like yeah. there's there's a there's a class to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Weston Wilson. Now, Weston Wilson. I, I think he does need to start talking in an accent like Bridge that. I, I agree yeah, with like... you. I mean, Weston Wilson is a Brit. I 100%. mean, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I hope UK Philly is like my British impersonation. I'll tell you. You know who texted me at four o'clock in the morning when I'm prepping for my show? Can't wait for the pod. Our buddy Dave. Well, that's Shout because it was Dave. like 9 a.m. I out know there. it was. I'm just saying it was fun for me because everyone's asleep when I'm prepping. And then I got to talk to Dave this morning. So yeah. It was nice. Um, so, yeah. And, and so the Weston Wilson goes yard. Nick Cassianos already went yard. And then he has number 200. Yeah. Like, it's not very often a guy hits his 200th home run and two homers in a game and is like an afterthought. It's the third biggest thing that happened. Like, yes. we stopped the game. And as ridiculous as we stopped the game for Gene Segura's 200th double. Yep. We gave him a freaking curtain well, call on the field. we. Yeah, Gene. Gene, the Phillies, Gene whatever. started it. But the point is, like, a 200th home run, it's a, like, that's a big moment yeah. for Nick. You Frankly, know? I was surprised he just got a 200. I mean, I know he played yeah, I it like. He, I thought he would have been there already. I thought I it was close. I think he's closer to 300 than 200. Yeah. Um, And then. It's just baseball more than any other sport, and I said this on the final night last night. But it it just leads to so much more. Like, I, and it's so weird because I feel like I'm the crazy one. But I, I hear more and more stories about it. About like I welled up at this. I welled up that. Yeah. I feel like we're always crying about baseball, I know, dude. Like, and, and I don't know what it is about baseball, but it's just like it, it has so much like tear-inducing moments. I mean, you hear about like Weston Wilson. You know, 28 years old and, and the yeah, 3,000. Seven years or whatever in the minors, the whole thing. Right. And, and and his whole family's there. And then he has that that moment. Um, and Liam Castellanos is running dude, up. The, Liam Castellanos. <laughs> he's like the, the, he is, he's, he's threatening the fanatic to be who should be the mascot of this team right now. I love like, the kid. He was love like him. right next to Lorenzo's parents. I he's know, the, I like, know. I love that kid. And like him he's and the best that kid, giving his dad the signs and yeah. stuff. Like Liam, you are the best, buddy. We For love sure. you, man. Seriously. He, he is the GOAT. But um but it's just like there's so much well like so obviously we don't even know Michael Lorenzen, right? Like he just got here. <laughs> this is his second start so, as a Philly. It's the first time he pitched in that ballpark, yeah, man. Yeah. And and it's like he's going out there for the ninth. And and full disclosure, like after the sixth, I was like, hold on, he's not like <laughs> No, uh, well, like, there's the, no way he's gonna get there. I was like, like after the fifth, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a combined no hit. Dude, I looked up it, uh, in the moment. I'm like, what's the most I gotta know? Like, what's the most it was 107. I was like, there's no way he's getting to the end of this game. Like, no way. And I'm the I'm because I'm already in my, uh, concocting in my head how to spin the whole like, well, uh, combined uh, no hitters. I didn't re- 
really not all combined orders are Mickey Mouse. You know, yeah. this one because of, you know this. Yeah. Kimbrel was involved in these all timers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll remember where we were for the <laughs> Phillies 2023. I used to give you a little crap on that one. It is like. Without a doubt, like I actually have come around fully to the side where I don't think it should be called a no hitter unless no. it's one dude. It's like, not I just it's not. It's not. It's a yes, shutout. it's a no hitter. It's yes, it's a no hit shutout, but not a no hitter. No. How about that? That good. We'll good. call it a no hit shutout. Yeah, right. Um, and then he and then he just starts doing it, and I'm like, I didn't. Ex- I guess I didn't expect it to feel as cool as it did. I totally agree with you, man. And, and I then, totally agree with you. And the eighth was was done so fast, and I was like, dude. He's freaking three outs away. <laughs> yeah. and like he's hundred percent going out, and people were like, were well, like, at that point, it was obvious. I, of course, I, he's I going back out. The, I had more of a question, and I thought he would send him out there until he got a hit or whatever. But like, I was more unsure after the seventh if he would mm-hmm. go out. But once he pitched the eighth, I was like, Topper would like, like Topper knows he has to let this kid go out here. Although Topper post game was hilarious. He's, he's like, I told him to pitch quick. <laughs> well, no, no, he also said, he also oh, the bulletproof vest. He's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, did you think about? Well, because he it was hundred. He's got to give him twenty more pitches. He ended up having twenty four more at that point. But the the great follow up from the guy where he was like, oh yeah, I would have gone and pulled him. And he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying if he walks that batter, you're gonna go pull him after that batter? And he's He's like, I might have to wear a yeah. bulletproof vest. Yeah, he's all time, dude. He is. So I, I, I like I like Happy Topper. Me too, dude. I mean, the post-game speech where he's like, welcome to Philadelphia, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it was a small thing, but it was almost like, this is what we do here. Totally. This is what the, this is what the fans totally, bring. Totally, man. And and this is, this is like, welcome to winning. Is this, like, that's what I kind of took it as. Like, you've been a part of Detroit, Cincinnati, uh, the Angels. Like, welcome to real baseball. And I think that Thompson... Having that connection with the city, I think, is really special. Totally. And I took it not just as I, I totally agree with you. It's welcome to like a real a real run and a real contender, but I also took it as like welcome to this group. Like yes. welcome because that was the thing, and we've talked about this so much since the run last year and how it's carried over and all that. But I feel like this week, especially with the Trey thing, and we you know, we talked about I mean, what I mean, Steve's talking about a week of tears. Right? Dude, like <laughs> the Cassie thing and the players talking about how much men and Harper's comments and Stott's comments and all that stuff. And then last night, like one of the things that stood out to me the most was when he's doing his interview on the field, like those guys are all gone. Like the people do the water, but everyone goes to the dugout. They were all on the top step with their arms around each other, waiting to like waiting for him to finish his freaking interview. I never seen that. Like I hadn't seen them do that at any point, man. Like it's just I think there is something about like not just welcome to Philly, but welcome to this like family. Like they look at it as a family and they love each other. And I think it was like welcome to this, man. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. It was like Cassiano says arm around like Caleb Cobb. And Jake Cave, I think it was. I think it was Caleb Cobb. <laughs> yeah. What's like Jake Cave on the yeah, other? I'm like, okay. I guess these are odd, odd group there. But yeah, <laughs> sure. our guys. They're all guys. Yeah. And Lorenzo, after the, you know, with his speech talking about like, love you guys. Thank you for like totally. welcoming he me. He said, in. and, and, and did the, also with the uh, the speech on the field talking about the fans, he's like, they give me a boost. Like that crowd being behind me like that, like helped me get through it. Crazy concept. What it's, a thought. It's been a uh It's been a week. Dude, it's man. been it's, it's been, been a like week. an all time Phillies week. And it's just it's so hard. I mean so last year, all the moments pretty much came in the postseason, mm-hmm. right? But I think what what bonds a fan base to a team is a regular season like they're currently doing right now, where it's like you have the ovation and like now a, a group of mercenaries, they went on the run last year and became our became our guys. Yep. Now they're turning into like legends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's the difference. Like so like 07 to, to 11, like obviously 08 was magical, but like we got to know those guys 09, 10, 11 and obviously 
crumbled after that. But like we got to to figure out who they were and what they were about. We're starting to figure that out about this team. I mean, Castellanos in year two is unbelievable. Schwarber is 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 Schwarber. Um, like you're just Bryce is like the best. The young kids, Bryce and Stott, Stott, we're getting Bomber. Yep. Um, they are turning like even like you just. I feel like we just know them. Like we just know these guys, and you can't convince me that the ovations over the weekend have not led to everyone on that team like feeling more relaxed. Look at and, how they're playing. Uh, like, what are we talking about? Like, 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 like the way the stars have played, the way that look like they're having fun. Like, I, I thought early in the season they, they didn't look like they were playing their best at home because I felt like they were tight, and I felt like there's pressure. There was 100% pressure, and, yeah. and I, I think the fans, you know, anything that wasn't like the magic of last year, they were like, oh, come on, and, like we got to recreate that. And I thought the the play on the field resembled that. And I, th- I think the players felt the fan energy. And by having the ovations and having that last weekend, I think it just lifted a huge weight off their shoulders. I mean, think about how great Schwarber has looked. Look, Turner, uh, Harper. Harper, Castellanos. JT's the only one that hasn't had like a moment oh, since. Oh, JT calling the game, yeah, getting the, all the credit for Lorenzo. He called a no-header. Um, the stars, and I think that's why it's it's it, it feels different now, is because I think the stars look like the stars again. I, I, dude, I'm right there with you, and I, I think there's a few things. Like, the the connection to this team is honestly, like, growing to the point where I, I do think, and obviously you have to win a title for it to be this way, but, like, I think this team has a chance to be our favorite team of all time. Like, I really do. I'm not kidding when I say that. Because of this connection, like, I don't ever, and they have to, again, they have to win it all. Like, I get that. But, like, the way that the connection right now, and and not just the connection that we have with them and how much we love them, but, like, have you ever heard a team talk about fans like this? Like, in my life, watching sports, I've never seen, like, and it's because of the Turner ovations and it's because of the playoffs last year, but the accumulation of those things, the playoffs last year and their experience of that, and then this stuff now, like, like I've never heard, play, like, such consistency of, like, these are the best fans we've ever seen. We've never seen anything like this. This is helping us. This matters. This is a part of what we do. We have, um, like, all this stuff, like, I don't, I don't, in my lifetime watching sports, like, I know that we've, like, oh, we matter, and oh, we travel, and all that. Like, I don't ever remember a specific team calling out its fans in this way in my life watching sports. Well, I think the Eagles do when they go on the road. Sure. More. Sure, and they'll say, oh, if they're great. I'm taught, but I mean, like, man, like, yeah. Well, they're... these quotes this week, they, like, I don't, I don't remember it. Like, this, this level of it. Yeah, and, 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 and it just... And it's smart because it makes the fans feel even more oh, important. Oh, intense. And, and which yeah. is a problem for the rest of baseball, by the way. Dude, I mean the fact that <laughs> you don't want to come in here, buddy, the in fact, the playoffs. The, I'm just telling you. The fact that Trey Turner's turned like it's it's worked, you know, and he looks pretty good, even though it, whatever he's getting he's getting base hit. We take it. He's stealing some bags. Like the 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 fact that we get to like kind of say yeah we we did like it's just it's going to be a problem for the rest of baseball yeah. it's going to be 100 percent a problem for the rest I mean, of baseball we, like if we win the world series well, we're taking credit what fans are taking credit what is so funny is that like last night was actually one of their weaker crowds of the year yeah it was only like thirty thousand. yeah and it, uh, i agree with rube i listened to him driving it sounded it. a lot it louder. sounded way louder a lot louder um but like I don't know why. Like, why last night was the night where it's like only thirty thousand. It's so up. weird. I mean, it's probably because if I had to guess, it's a middle of the week game against a bad team. A team yeah, that, but that, they've been fine with that all year. But but a team that's never here. Or, I mean, is always here. Excuse me. Like like the Royals. Like 
The Royals. Don't, I mean, I'm just let's serious. Go though, see Kyle like, but, but no. But the point is, like, the Royals are never here, like ever. Like, okay. but, you know, they never play here. These other teams so rarely play here. Like, we see the Nats every single year. I think there's a fatigue with that, especially when they're bad. Uh-huh. So, that's uh, the best I got, honestly. Okay. And coming off a double header, maybe it was like, ah, uh, not gonna go. I don't know. I, I, you're right. It's really weird. All I got is middle of the week in the Nats. Uh-huh. So that's the best I can do. But yeah, I mean, the, the, even the thirty thousand felt really, really loud for for, for thirty thousand. Now, obviously. Most people had gotten down into the bowl to see the uh, to see the final couple outs, but it's just August 9th, two thousand twenty three is going to be one of those like you look back and be like, what a freaking like nutso game. Well, it's, and I know I've said this before on the pod, and it, but it's true. It's like you know we spend so much time with this team uh, committing to being a baseball fan, the sicko, like us, the high hopes community commit so much of your time to the Phillies. Like obviously, it's every night, three hours a night, two and a half three and a half, whatever it is, every single day and night of, of a six-month stretch, it's all your time, not to mention all the time we think about them, all the time we talk about them, all that stuff. Like, like the regular season is a grind, and it's fun when you're winning and all that, but, like, you watch every night for that. You know, you watch every night for the hope that, that wow, something magical can happen because that's baseball, and that's the beauty of baseball is that you can have a night, and it and it can be something less magical, I'll say it, but a, a Luke Williams-type moment that yeah, is a magical night is. and a beautiful thing as a sports fan. Or it can be something like last night where it's like about as magical as it can get on an August evening. Like, that's about as magical an August evening as you can have watching a baseball. And what I love about this team and what I love about the season right now is that we're starting to stack Memorable moments, yeah, buddy. And the, the video yearbook is the video yearbook is going to be like out epic. of control. Like honestly, like real chances to be a truly special video yearbook. Of course, this year. yeah. I think like the 2023 Phillies, the thing are going to be remembered as as like again one of our teams. Yeah. And the nice part about this is that it's it seems like it's trending that way. That it's not like last year's one a one year fluke. You know, like the night, uh, uh, dude. Thank God. Thank God. Right? I mean, it God. was trending in that way early. Thank God. All right, because there would have been nothing more Phillies, nothing more our pod than to get that run and then just go back to being like the same thing we were for the decade before. Like it would just be like, oh yeah, of course. But no, you're right. And and like they've been the second best team in baseball since June first. Like mm-hmm. this is not like oh they're playing better. Like they've been really good for a while now. Ever since they got out of their system early in the season, and Cassianos talked about how he thought they kind of you know thought uh, it was you know kind of expected to win and all that. Like, there are so many things you can explain away earlier. The point you made earlier, like, they figured it out. And they're a really freaking good baseball team, you know? And and they're a really good baseball team that loves each other and cares about each other and, and has this unbelievable chemistry going. It's, like, I'm, like, they freaking win the World Series, man. Like, I, I've known it logically all year. I predicted before the season, by the way. If you remember, well, you predict everything, and then they started one and five, and that sucked. Yeah, well, only if they'd gone the year before. Right. I'm big on. Well, I think you, you predicted the Eagles, the Eagles win a Super Bowl like six years in a row. I no, I haven't. I predicted <laughs> it. I didn't predict it last year. I predicted it. I'm predicting it this year. Right. And I predicted in 2018 after they. I predicted it twice in the last five years. So that is a lot. Or twice <laughs> in the last six years. But guess what? I have never predicted the Phillies win the World Series. All right. Literally in the history of this podcast, I've never once said. I think the other than last year when we all thought in the moment felt like it but like before the season i never have i i i was expecting this type of team this year and it, and thank god like this is what we expected the last you know week has been like this was what last october was mm-hmm. and it's here yeah. it's freaking thrilling man it is it's thrilling it's, thank god well and it's making it's making baseball fun again like in the city and it's making it's making it's making 
And it's so funny. You know, people be like, oh, baseball's, you know, baseball's dead in the city. No one cares about it. It's like, you guys were at Eagles training camp today, and I didn't hear an ounce of Eagles talk. No, we, 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 uh, dude, I turned people away. People called in, was like, I want to talk Eagles. I'm like, not today, pal. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It was like, you want to talk Phillies? You can get off. You want to talk Eagles? Call back tomorrow. But this is, Boom. And, and the Eagles matter 100% here. I totally, they, they're, they're the biggest team in the city. But there is something different when a city falls for a baseball team because it's every night. They feel like something can happen. This is what it was like. 20, totally 2009, was. 2010. Totally was. Where it was That's like why they set the sellout streak right 100%. And when this city falls, they fall hard. hard. We go. We saw in October. I mean, again, to your point about the Eagles, in my career, my entire, and granted, you know, this is because I started right after the Phillies were good. <laughs> you know, I've not had a good Phillies team until now. But in my career, like those three weeks, a month, whatever it was, from the, the end of the season till the end of the playoffs, like a month plus, like, we didn't talk Eagles on WIP in Eagle season. And they, and they were, were undefeated. undefeated. They were like 6-0, and 5-0, 6-0, 7-0. And we, like, we couldn't get an Eagles call in. Like, because all anyone cared about was the Phillies. It's such a great point. Like, we saw it last year and you see it now. Like, this city, like, really just fully dives in they when care. they're good. They, yeah. they totally care. And, um, you know, you mentioned how, how well they're playing. And that's true. But it's just like. They can also be so much better. Like oh, they, dude, again, yes, they can be so much better. And and it starts with who's on the mound tonight. I mean, if there's anything that could kind of take down the five of the city, <laughs> it would be oh, it would be 27. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but people are gonna love when he starts game two of the Wild Card series. <laughs> and I heard you guys talking about it today. And it's just what it is. He's I, you he's have go- to give him the ball. He's going to be in the player. I don't like. There is like again, unless he's hurt. He will be one of he'll be the two guy. Dude, it's if now obviously it's not the perfect comparison because they didn't win the World Series, but like it's it's the exact it's same coal. It's the it's, exact it's same coal. thing as Cole It's like it's it's a carbon copy. I mean, like now Lorenzo Except Cole was showed that he could actually, you know, yes. dominate. Like whereas Nola was good in the playoffs last year, he wasn't what Cole did in 08. Um now I think Lorenzen's better than 09 Pedro. But yes, I think so too. <laughs> but definitely. But yeah. but it's like it's playing out the same exact way where like it, he's he's clearly not the same player but you also have to give him the ball. Yeah. I mean if you take him out of the rotation and then you're not signing him. Like, oh, that's over. I mean if you take him out of the rotation it's completely done. Yeah. So I, it's just and they're just not going to do it. They're and not also do that it. he can't pitch out of the bullpen. Like it's like, you know, Again, whether Lorenzen or Ranger, whatever, like those guys have pitched out of the pen. It's just, yeah, it's what it is. But like you see, you, you think about the upside of this team. And uh, but when they give Nola the start and like Lorenzen's piggybacking Ranger in a game or something, people are not going to be. No, sad. they're not. Yeah. And yeah. then Knowles goes shove city. <laughs> um, exactly. That's what'll happen. But uh, yeah, it's just like you, you start think you start dreaming on the upside of them. And now that you have the stars playing, now that you have Cassianos, the the July thing was a, a fluke again. Eleven for ninety four. Um, you have yeah. He had a he had a like uh, five hundred uh, under five hundred OPS in July. Yeah, well, I think it was in the threes. If I believe it, it got, I think he got in the fours. I think he was in the fours somewhere for okay. July. At one it was point, like four twenty five. If I that's off the top of my head, but it's somewhere in that range was his OPS for July. Seems seems not great. Well, he's been a real. It's an even odd month. Have you noticed this? No. It's really weird. Like, check out his baseball reference page. Freaking like 860 OPS in April, five something or six something in May, like nine, ten thousand or nine something in in uh in June. June. The horrible one in July, and now he's back up again. It's really weird. Yeah. 
So and Turner looks like he's definitely back to being a close not not three hundred million dollar Trey Turner, no, but, but you know uh, not not disaster that we need to give a standing ovation for because he's struggling so much. Trey Turner. Now the biggest question for me is the bullpen. Yeah. Well, Nola, and then the bullpen. and Nola, but yeah. the bullpen leaking oil a little bit. Yeah. No, but, and we we've talked about this, and this is going to happen when when you go six man that these guys are. It, it feels like I'm watching Jeff Hoffman and Matt Strom and yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and watch these guys every single night, every night. Which and especially like look, Lorenzen. Twice has given this bullpen a rest when it really needed it. Yeah. I mean, obviously those eight innings in Miami, we talked about how important that was in the, the like sequencing of the team. But again, last night the dude goes nine and like they need that more. And it, Taiwan's done a nice job of struggling and then giving him innings and stuff like that. But oh, the, the the Taiwan bit is all time. It's the best. Yeah, three it's runs, three runs in the first three. Especially innings. just like I can't throw fast in the first inning. And then, oh, I'm good. Yeah. All right, figure it out. Yeah, and then wake up seventh inning. Tom He's going to win 20 games, giving up like a thousand runs in the first inning. I mean, who's our last 20 game winner? Ah, uh, it's a great. I mean, Halliday. Halliday, probably right. I mean, I don't think Cole did it in that run in there. Like, right? Who I was trying to been? think of 18 Nola. I mean, they were so bad in there that there's yeah. no way they could have. I don't think Nola got there. You talking about when he was third in Cy yeah. Young? He, I don't think he got there. I think he was like the high teens. So yeah, I mean, since Halliday, Taiwan Walker. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. He leads the league. Uh, <laughs> it's absurd. So stupid. But it, to your point, it just it is really exciting thinking about where this could go. Well, it's just like now, now I wake up every day. It's like I just I just want to watch it. Yeah, just give me the game. Yeah, I just want to yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's 6:40. Place. Can't come soon enough tonight. And it's like, Which it's been an adjustment because I used to be a big like get me to 7:05. Oh, I know. And now it's, it's like, a real change for you. Now Let it's me like tell you, I'm very happy about the 6:40 thing. It's great. Any any extra time I can get, I will take. Yeah. Um, Although I I do need to know. I mean, what was like? No tweets. No text. Okay, so, so so like what was going on at the end of the game yesterday? So I've I've not been tweeting during the games during the week as much. It's just like so I. It's a whole bed routine thing. So, like, I, I, it's very funny. This is very silly. But I, so I go to bed the second the game ends. Like, I'm literally waiting there to go to bed. As soon as it's done, I'm, I'm ready. I've brushed my teeth. I've brushed my teeth during commercials. I go to the bathroom, whatever I need to do. So I did all that. I'm, like, ready for the game to end. I'm just, like, kind of laying there. And I forgot that I, I plug my phone in when I go to bed. And I put it away from the bed so I have to get up to turn the alarm off. And it's a whole freaking thing. So it's plugged in. I'm watching with Emily. And Zoe's in bed with us because it's, like, we brought her in to watch it, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, and then I was like, oh, yeah, like, I should probably go pick up my phone now and tweet about this and text and stuff. So it was just like, honestly, in the moment, and I kind of like, I've gotten really used to not texting and tweeting at the end of games, or other than like, hey, we won, and then be done with it or right. whatever. So Okay. Yeah. That's good. I was there. I mean, I did respond to your text. It wasn't like it yeah, was like- it was like, late. I mean, it was like 10 minutes after the like, game ended. It was eight minutes after the game ended, <laughs> all right? Like, we, eight minutes. There was accusations that you fell asleep. They were concerned, yes. But I did not. And I was there, and we spoke, and <laughs> all that stuff. Good. Yes, yeah. it was thrilling. But now <laughs> yeah. I was having an actual moment with my family, you know? It was beautiful. Now, did you tear, <laughs> did you I did. Well, again, I'm sitting with my daughter, as he's got a girl who has the exact same hair that my freaking daughter had on the field. I'm just sitting there, like, holding my daughter, like, well enough. Yeah, I wasn't ready to talk to anybody but but my daughter that's you know. nice it was it i have was got actually, a, it was actually a really nice it's a good moment, moment. yeah, yeah it's it a good moment it it august beautiful. 9th 2023 yeah it was beautiful seltzer cries about weston wilson I and his did. daughter again. i was balling up the whole game yeah it was like, <laughs> it's a game of tears a game <laughs> of tears um yeah i uh i've actually gotten i i don't have tweet deck up during the game anymore so yeah, I, just, I just watch I just, it's like you know me i don't tweet to begin with yeah. I find like when Ugg. I I find yeah, Ugg, right? <laughs> Everyone knows my tweets. Ugg, name of the last player, exclamation point. Like whatever. I'm very simple. Bump. It's more just like I do it. So when I do tweet during games, I don't like I don't 
I do it in the sense where like I don't care if anyone responds, if anyone whatever. Like I'm literally doing it just to like be a part of it with everyone. I'm like, all right, I want to feel like I'm watching the game with everyone or whatever. But I hate it. Like if it were up to me, I would never tweet during game. I would just put my freaking phone down. I would just chill. So during the week, I've been trying to do that more. I tweet a lot on the weekends during games. Right. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chill in and relax. Oh, so. yeah, you're in work mode. I'm in work mode. Yeah. But I'm locking in. I got to be up in a few hours exactly. until baseball, you yep. know? I'm the, set the sports tone for the city. You yep. know? No big deal to me. No one does that more than the morning <laughs> show. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Um, I, I, I'm just giddy, man. Uh, it's great. I'm so giddy. Like, what a night. So should we play the interview? Yes. And, and then, then we'll do take back? And then we'll do take back. So, all yeah. Right. Um, yeah, the interview. <laughs> How about that? I know. Again, we this were, might be an all-time high hopes podcast. Y- yeah, it really is. Uh, again, because we were so freaking excited to to get to get this guy on, and as anyone who's listened to this pod knows, you know we have talked a lot about Brian Barber, Bill Barber. <laughs> yes. All right. So I was going to do it after, but so this is recorded at a time. If you can't tell by the way we've talked about, it. we talked to Barber a couple days ago. Uh, nothing's changed since then. But at the very end of the interview, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah. I was like, I went beat red. Um, and especially, you'll hear, I don't want to spoil it, but you'll hear the irony of the way that I say Bill Barber instead of Brian Barber. And of course, Bill Barber, an all-time flyer and all that. We yeah, say his name a lot. Yeah. It was bad. It, it was, I was incredibly embarrassed. So thank you for reminding me. I was going to do it after. But, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, other than my snafu at the very end of the interview... I thought a really awesome interview, and he was kind enough to give us 30 minutes, really had a lot to say, yeah. uh, and the the smile on Jack's face throughout, like, gave me life. It was a beautiful thing to see, so without further ado, all-time high hopes get Mr. Brian Barber. It is our distinct pleasure and honor, really, uh, to introduce our next guest. This is a dream for high hopes, you know? Most podcasts might be out there trying to get Bryce Harper on or Trey Turner on or whoever. Not this podcast. We have been waiting forever to get this guy on, the director of amateur scouting for the Phillies, a guy who we called for the Phillies to sign on this podcast while he was still in New York. The one, the only, Mr. Brian Barber. Brian, thanks for joining us, man. Oh, it's my pleasure to be on the High Hopes podcast. Yeah, I would say uh, of our most important campaigns, like we've had a lot of important campaigns. Yeah. Bryce Harper, you know, we had a big thing going for him. Uh, standing ovations for Trey Turner. I-, I think the most important thing that we did was convince and, and force the Phillies to hire you a couple of years ago. So it's been it's been a long time coming. Well, I appreciate all that. It, it's coming up on almost four years now, and it's been really my professional honor to, to have this job that I have now and, and work for this organization that's just 
Uh, you know, I think we're, we're doing a lot of things correct now and, and heading in the right direction uh, the past few years. And like I said, it's completely my honor. So. Well, Brian, it's definitely our honor. I mean, to the point where Jack texted me twice last night just to tell me how excited he was to have you on today. Um, so let, let's dive into it. A lot to get into. And eventually, I'm just going to let Jack nerd out with you because, again, <laughs> twice he texted me last night said how excited he was to have you on. But but for, for those who don't know Brian Barber as well, like, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into, you know, scouting and, and kind of your, your past a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I played professional baseball. I signed out of high school and played for about 10 years. And as my career itself, the playing career was winding down, I knew I wanted to stay in the game of baseball. It was just something I grew up, I loved. Um, I loved everything about it and knew I wanted to do something in the game of baseball to continue doing that. Um, as, a, as a pitcher, you know, at, at going through the minor leagues, especially two or three days a week, you're up in the stands and you're doing, you're charting the game, you're doing radar gun readings. And you're sitting up amongst the scouts that, that are there watching that, those games. And you start talking to them, getting information. And it was like, that's kind of cool what they do. Um, and one thing led to another as my playing career ended and knew, you know, was lucky enough to know a few people in the game that, that helped me along the way of, of getting into scouting. And that was, you know, 22, 23 years ago. And, and just... Uh, you know, have, have basically and you know enjoyed every single day of what I do. I, I'm. You, you talk about Jack being a, a, a draft nerd. I am as well. I, <laughs> I, I really, I love everything about it. I love finding out information about the players. I love traveling around the country trying to find the best players that that we can bring into the organization. And there's just there's not much I don't love about what I do. And you mentioned it uh, a little at the beginning there, but this is your fourth draft, fourth draft in the books. Um, what do you think's been kind of the, the biggest change since you got here? What, what do you guys think that uh, you know you've taken a step forward in, and and like the overall health of of where you guys are at? Yeah, well, I mean, w one main thing would be, I guess, who I report to and, and above me, and, and and the biggest change has been, um, you know, with Dave Dave Dombrowski coming over and and, and leading our, our baseball operations department here. Um, it's just been it's been tremendous and not that I, I i didn't i didn't have a whole long time with the, with the regime before but uh the past starting with i guess with andy's draft in, in 2021 uh justin's last year in 2022 and now this year uh, it's just it's it's really been you know great to work with dave sam everybody that leads the department in philadelphia you know us individually there's always little things that are that are you know, you start to employ in your process of trying to figure out who the best players are around the country. There's there's things that we do on the scouting end as scouts, and there's things that you incorporate analytically, data-wise, and, and that's probably some of the new new realm in that, that there's always new information data-wise, tech-wise, analytically that, that are coming to the forefront and things that you integrate into your process as far as evaluating players. So... I think that's probably, you know, you, you stay on top of that as much as possible and you're ready for the next thing that jumps jumps forward to you there. Brian, I'm happy you mentioned Dave Dombrowski. And, you know, obviously, you know the history of the Philadelphia Phillies. We haven't done a ton of winning in our time and certainly in my lifetime. Um, but the, the thing that Jack and I have been so excited about with Dave coming here is is it feels like for the first time, 
really since, you know, 2008, 2009, that run, that it feels like there's a winning culture here now that they've created, that it's been a, a focus of the organization. I know that that's something you believe in a lot as well. And Jack and I, like, we've been preaching for it, calling for it, and it's so exciting to see it. How does that relate to scouting? Like, how does that relate to, to finding players? Like, can you scout winning culture guys? Can you scout winning players? Like, how do you how do you put that into what you do? Because I know that's a focus for you guys. Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, and, and obviously the, the whole organization has done a tremendous job. And, and Dave and, and the major league um, major league part, and Preston Mattingly and the minor league part, um, building the winning culture. You, you don't necessarily find. I guess winning culture type players, but you're looking for the correct makeup to bring into your culture that you have and then develop them that way. So yes, there are winning players on the amateur side. There's no doubt about that. And how you quantify that is not easy and it is it is difficult, but there are winning players out there, both on the high school end and on the college end that you're just able to see time and time again, you spend the, the, the time and the effort of, of evaluating these players and you see they do winning things the right way on the field and it allows them to be better players so but first and foremost we are trying to identify the right type of makeup that we want to bring into the into the minor league system and then Preston and and it's his job on on the minor league side the player development side to develop that winning culture with those kids you just mentioned Preston uh, hired last year, and uh, you know it seems like I watched the video that the player development put out of him, like you know leading the meeting. He talked about winning culture. It started, I almost started welling up a little bit. It was like, wow, <laughs> we're finally here. Um, what's what's it been like working with, with Preston so far, and and, and the, the early turns? Yeah, it was amazing. I was there for that for that speech that that Preston gave. I, I made it a point to be there, and and they call it protecting the standard, and and it's it's really special what is going on in, in the system and i think you can see it a lot he talks a lot about his first year guys and the guys that are basically on the clearwater club or have been through there um and some of those guys that started there have, have, have gone on and been promoted to other teams but mainly the core is still there from from the 2022 draft um it's it, preston is the right guy to lead our system and and, and i'm very thankful and and grateful that he is there leading that system. So he's done, he's done a tremendous job. I, I got to be, I was lucky enough to be part of the process and the group that, that went around and interviewed the people that were, that were trying to get that job. And it was, it was clear and evident from day one that Preston was the guy that, that should be leading the charge. So that's awesome. That's very exciting. That, that is very exciting. Um, so this year's draft, I mean, I know the, the, thre the threshers are now known as Pressureville. You know, which is which is a, a nice thing to have, and that's exciting. Uh, maybe because you drafted like I don't know the fastest players in the league last year, and Justin Crawford and Marion Boyd. So um, you know, it's it's been a really really fun turnaround, and just like watching from afar of that team. I mean, they're like they have the best winning percentage in, in all of baseball right now, the Clearwater Threshers. So earlier turns seem like it's going pretty well down in Clearwater. Yeah, I, I think they did. Uh, you know, an article, and I think I can't remember if it was Preston's quote or Marty Malloy's quote about they play fast and free down there and, and you know they're, they're doing it for the right type of players that are down there so I, I think it was wasn't necessarily like our strategy last year to, to go and take the you know two or three of the faster players that are in our organization now if you want to include Kate Fergus that was there as well along with Justin Crawford and Mari Boyd but um, 
you know, it's, it is an exciting thing that you look up and you, you look at box scores after the games and it's, uh, you know, besides the, the defensive part and stolen bases. And, and I, I tried to tell people from day one, I, I thought, these, you know, we thought these kids could hit as well. And they've gone in and done that from day one. Um, and they're just going to continue to get better there. So, yeah, it's, you know, you take athletes with tools that have a good feel for playing the game that are have an ability to utilize their tools on the field. And I think those are a lot of things that you're looking for in players that you, you bring in and acquire through the system. Now, one guy that I think is, is going to be in Clearwater soon, or, or maybe this time next year we'll be talking about how he's going off and, and carrying them offensively, is Aiden Miller. I, I just... I was like, I couldn't believe he was he's there. He's giddy. He's giddy. I like, right? I, I, I couldn't believe he like, was there. He, I, I honestly feel like I get a three texts a day. Just watch more Aiden Miller film. Just yeah. like, he's like all. It's like his favorite person. Well, full disclosure, I was off the week from work, uh, right after the draft, which is a problem because I just watched all the <laughs> USA stuff, you know. And I was like, I, I kept coming back to Brian. Like the kid just hits. Like I, I know they have the the handmade bone, and he barely played his senior year. But he's a pedigree kid that's played on Team USA since what he was like ten, you know, twelve, and he's just he's been in all that stuff. Uh, Aiden Miller, what, what can you tell uh, us about him, and and how excited were you to be able to get him at twenty seven? Yeah, I, I'm not sure you're too far off, Jack. I mean, that was part of the things that you, you start to you start to identify. And Aiden Miller was a twelve U, a fifteen U, an eighteen U Team USA uh, player, and, and has just always hit from day one, and. There's a saying that, you know, we as scouts use that hitters hit and, and they always have. And and you've tried to find ways now we're a little bit more advanced than that. Just being able to say hitters hit that you quantify how much they hit. And we, yeah. we do a good job of, of basically charting almost every single game they've played. We're able to, to dive into, you know, not just Team USA, but some of the tournaments that I'm actually out scouting right now, whether it's East Coast Pro Showcase or Area Codes all the different tournaments and travel team ball travel ball teams that they play in over the summer. And we accumulated 150 at bats with Aiden Miller last summer. And he was, it was just clear. He was one of the top hitters in the country. It was just, I mean, it was clear to us. So, you know, it, those the days of just identifying players the summer before are over and you're actually starting your scouting and evaluating process on those players. So when you get to a point that Aiden Miller only plays in two games because he broke his handmade, it's like, We've done the job. We're ready for him, and 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 if in the event that he falls to us, so I felt super comfortable there. And yeah, you, you never know what happens in the draft and why certain guys go where or or how how or why a certain player. I know there were scenarios that you know Aiden Miller doesn't come close to our pick. I, you know, I've talked to enough scouting directors, and yeah, he was in our mix. 15 picks before, you know, I'm just making up a number there. So I'm not calling out a team. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we were lucky enough that he fell to us. And, and when he did, we were ready to, to, to bring him into the system. Yeah. And I'm just curious because, you know, the MLB draft, it, 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 it's hard to explain to a lot of people. You know, the, 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 the general. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, we'll be doing our, our draft preview, and Jack will be going through about guys could be there. He's like, well, this guy should go like second or third, but he's probably going to go 20th. And I'm just like, wait, what is happening right now? Yeah, you know? it, it, so I'm curious, like, because I was the casual sports fan, like, they watch the NFL draft, NBA draft, and it's like, oh, the best guys go first. It doesn't always happen in the MLB draft. Yeah. Like, 
What kind of, is, is, for as much as you can say, I don't, you don't have to reveal all secrets, but like in the early 20s when it seems like Aiden might be there, like what's that process like? Are you calling the agent, you know, we'll sign him for this money, you know, something like that, as much as you can say. But I, I'm curious, like what goes into the last like 20 minutes before the pick? I'll give you a little little breakdown as best as I can remember because you got the, the fog of war, I guess, at the time. <laughs> um, it, was, it was about as Seattle was selecting at 22 there that all of a sudden pieces started to fall into what was actually going to happen. We found out, you know, we have enough friends in this, in this industry that we found out exactly who Cleveland, Atlanta, San Diego, and then the Yankees right before us, we knew who their selections were. So it was about, so you got four teams, three minutes in between each pick. Maybe that takes us a couple of minutes after Seattle selects. So we have about 10 minutes. Um, before it's our time to select that we know who is going to go in front of us. And it's, it's just clear you've done the work beforehand and you look up at the board and it's like, okay, Aiden Miller's our top guy. Let's, let's get after it. And really one of our secret weapons during the draft is Ned Rice, who's one of our assistant GMs. And he does, he does a lot of the calls with agents and advisors of these kids and, and um, you know, makes a few phone calls and lets, lets their representative know that, that Aiden's going to be our guy so, I mean, we, we sat there just, you know, all of a sudden you sit there and you wait that San Diego, San Diego actually makes their selection. New York's makes the selection that they, they let us know that they were going to make. And then it's just our time and Philadelphia Phillies select Aiden Miller. How do, do you ever con- concern, like when you pick a guy like Miller there or someone in that situation who could go to college, like how sure are you, you guys are going to be able to sign him when you make that type of pick? Is it, is it always like a, a, it could go one way or the other? Or are you guys like, very confident you're going to be able to sign that guy yeah i mean you you go in with confidence but but not everybody i mean we've gone obviously every every pick we made in the first round since i've been here has been a high school player um and and some of the times you had basically the deal wrapped up before you selected them and and other times you hadn't um we we hadn't had this one completely done when we selected aiden miller but we just knew it was the right guy and the, and, the, and the player we wanted. We knew Aiden wanted to be a professional baseball player. So I think that's part of the work that you do. There are certain kids that are out there that they're just not 100% sure and it would have to be the right situation or the right money to, to, to make them not go to college. And, and Aiden was just one of those players that wanted to play. And, and we knew that beforehand. So. Yeah, all the stories it's you fa- read It's about. fascinating, man. It's yeah. fascinating. Everything you read about, you know, like he has a, his own personal workout facility down in Florida. That owns it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's a perfect storm. So beyond giddy that he's a Philly. Um, you also, I mean, I know you don't like being labeled, you know, as the high school guy, but you did draft <laughs> two more after that in, in Devin Saltaban and uh, Tayshawn Walton, who I was very very excited about. Very uh, excited. I mean, listen, when you see the next Yandy Diaz and all he's got to do is just <laughs> lift the ball, I mean, and he's, dude, he's, he's ripped. Like, he's ripped. Um, what can you tell us about uh, Saltaban and, and Tayshawn Walton? Yeah, I mean, two exciting kids. And, and it starts with, you know, like we talked, we talked about the makeup and winning culture. Both of those guys are tremendous people to, to start with and, and want to be the best players that they can be. And, uh, you know, just talking about, Devin, Devin, especially that—that that was a different process because you don't, you don't um, scout kids from Hawaii a ton. There's there's one or two every year, but we did a good job. Demarius Pittman is our area scout, and Shane Bowers is our West Coast cross checker. They went out early and identified them. We we sent Daryl Connor, who's one of my national cross checkers. 
went out to see him. And then we were lucky enough that Devin played in the in the Major League Draft League this past summer, was on the West Virginia team. And we sent myself for two games, David Krausen, who's one of our other national cross-checkers, for two games. And then Luke Merton, who's our director of hitting, went up there for a game and got to see him. So, so you know, we're seeing an 18-year-old versus mainly 21, 22-year-old competition from Hawaii that had never seen 90 miles an hour on the island out there before and hit. And, and I you go back to what I just said before, hitters hit, and he, he didn't. He didn't miss a beat up there in the league. It's not like he went out and hit 400, but as an 18-year-old from Hawaii facing 20, 21, 22-year-olds, really knew what he was doing at bat to at bat, and, and he has tools, and he's athletic. He can run. He can throw. He impacts the ball. We, we see power down the future. It was just one of those things that we, we thought if he was from the L.A. area or from Florida or from Georgia, it's like this guy's not making out of the top couple rounds. And, and so when it was there at, at pick 98 for us, it was just a no-brainer. So. Must then, be a nice call for those scouts to be like, oh, you're going to Hawaii. You got it, boss. <laughs> yes, sounds great. It's really not as great. A great <laughs> yeah. you're, you're going out there. You're taking the five-hour flight out there from yeah. California. Maybe you're out there a day or two, and, and you're seeing it. No, it's not the worst. <laughs> but it's not exactly laying on the beach either for a week. Right, right. Yeah. So. Now, now, Tayshawn Walton goes from uh, a high school in, in Virginia, I believe, um, Maryland. Maryland, to yeah. to IMG, which right. you, you talk about Saltaban and, and Hawaii. It's a little different. Everyone knows about IMG. And everything I've read about him, like, hits the ball really hard, doesn't hit it for power yet. Um, fair to think hopefully that power comes and you might have gotten a, another, you know, really solid player in the third round. Yeah, and, yeah, in the fourth, fourth round, round for Tayshaun. And uh, you, you nailed it there. I mean, that's what – and you nailed it before. Tayshaun might come in day one as maybe the strongest player in our entire organization, and that, that might include big leagues. We, we, wow. do, we, we do physical assessment. Wow, that is a – yeah. That's a strong kid. No, I mean he's yeah, his his peak power is is just it, it's up there with anybody that we have in our entire organization. That's from an eighteen year old that still has room to grow. And yes, you, you talked about impacting the ball and hitting it hard. And it's he's gone out to the combine. He's come to our, a workout for us in Clearwater. And it's you know exit velocities at eighteen of 100, 109 miles an hour. Um, and yeah, he hits the ball more on the line right now. So. You try to take that five, 10% launch angle and make it, you know, eventually that it's in the 15, 20, 25% range. And now he's all of a sudden hitting a bunch of home runs. He, yeah, I, I think that's what you're looking for in a type of player like that. And you're not, you're not just talking a big slugger. He can run, he can throw, he can play defense. He's an athlete as well. So um, I, I, for us, it was an exciting pick there in the fourth round. Talking about these high school kids, Brian, just as a, a macro philosophical thing, like looking at them, I've always wondered, and we saw it with Mickey Moniak. I know you weren't here for that, but when Moniak was drafted first, 17-year-old kid, slight, whatever. But, you know, how do you look at these kids at 17, 18, whatever, and and project them as a 24, 25, 27-year-old big leader with their body? They're not fully grown. They're not fully developed, all that stuff. Like, how hard is that? And how, like... Are there tricks that you guys use to like, was it frame? I'll look at the frame. I'll grow into that. Like, how do you guys go about it? I've always wondered, because of all the drafts, it seems the hardest to do that. Yeah, it's not a science that's nailed yet. I can tell you that, James. It's it's 
there, there is some conjecture of, of, of what is going to end up happening to a player in five years. And, and we did the, the opposite last year with Justin, where it was like, we knew number one priority for him once he came in was trying to put on weight, trying to put on strength. You know, he comes in at 165 pounds at six, three, and, and we knew that was a number one priority, but yeah, you, you get up on close to the player and, and you're able to do some type of physical testing on there um, and gives you an idea that this person has the ability to you know, put on 20, 25 pounds. So I'm not sure that we're looking at like a Tayshon to put on another 25 pounds. <laughs> it already be 230, but, but, but that he's trying to project in the correct way with that body as well, that he has, has ability to, you know, develop your man strength as well. Cause no matter how strong you are at 18, you should be stronger at 22 to 25 as well. So it, it's an inexact science still, uh, but it's definitely a huge part of our process. Well, I just got back from my four months old, uh, four month old check-in and he's 70 percentile on height and 90 percentile on weight. So if you, if you need to start looking for a future here, uh, Walker Fritz is ready to go in about 2040 something. <laughs> Well, Jack's already got doing, doing work by yeah. Now. yeah. Jack's got his training regimen all set. He's yeah. got like year by year. He's like year one to three is this. Year yeah. three to six. Yeah, he's, he's very yeah. Right. no pressure. I don't, I don't kid. think we've gone that far out in the future with, with guys, but 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 uh, three to five years. <laughs> That's age probably is, good. Is yeah. More what See, we to, yeah, we try to be experts in that. Hopefully, way. you're as lucky as me with my daughter being a lefty. Now, if Walker could be a lefty, just gonna leg up right there and boom. Yeah. Yeah, listen, we'll, we'll we'll figure it all out. But if he's hitting BP <laughs> off me, he's probably going to be a pretty good hitter because that's that's all I that's all I special in specialized in in college. Um, I want to ask you about some of the pictures he took. Um, you know, a lot of we'll kind of group them all together because you, you, it seems like you're taking shots on guys that throw really hard, have pro stuff, like maybe one pro pitch pitch right now. Um, like I I heard the uh, George Glass and Slider was described as one of the best in the Midwest or whatever. So. Um, like what? What's your kind of philosophy on going for these these guys that are definitely stuff over command, and what gives you the confidence of those guys, you know, eventually finding command? Yeah, I mean, you're putting a lot of faith in the player development there because it's not an easy thing. Uh, you know, we talk about hitters hit. A lot of the pitchers that have, that have ended up being, you know, the best pitchers in the big leagues came up and and threw strikes the whole way. But you get to a point in the draft, especially there this year, with whether it's George or whether it's Jake Eddington or. Cam Brown, Marty Gare, as you go down, and, and you're trying to find things that, that allow these other the players that, that you bring in to separate themselves from the rest of the players that are on the board. And, and when you're talking George Clausen, he might have he might have had some of the best stuff in the entire draft. Right? You're, you're, the breaking ball, he's been up to 102 and, and averaging 97, 98. Um, you, you know, you get to a point in the draft where that sixth to tenth round range, you're, you're really looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 percent of the guys ever play a day in the big leagues at, at that point in the draft. Um, so, so what allows these players to separate themselves, gives them a chance to get in the big leagues. And not only that, but once they get to the big leagues, does, do they have something that allows them to have some impact in the big leagues? You're not just trying to look for a guy that comes up and, you know, for a week or, or, or even, even if it's a couple months and create zero war, you're trying to get somebody that, that actually impacts the major league team and helps them win games and, that you know stuff is one of the things you guys watch big league games all the time mm -hmm. big leagues throw hellacious stuff nowadays and, and trying to even the playing field that was one of the things 
when I first came over here, that was one of my first priorities is to bring in and, and trying to bring the stuff throughout the minor league system that it was that it, that it fit in with, with the rest of the where baseball was going. And I think we're continuing to do that. Obviously, we're in a draft now that it's only 20 rounds, not 40 or 50. So you have a limited amount of time to do that. Um, but yeah, George, Jay, Cam Brown, Marty Garrett, going down the list, it's like they have things that allow them to separate themselves from the other players that, that you might see on a minor league team. Yeah, and I lied. It was Jake Eddington as the best slider in the Midwest. And uh, I've already comped Marty Gare to uh, Lucas Gilito. So, <laughs> so, yep, so, so sure we, might be, we might be all right with that. If it I might be all right. That. Yes, I yeah. confirm that. Yes. Uh, last super nerdy draft one for you. Um, and I'm, I'm super intrigued by the kid. Is the Avery Owusu Asaido? Asaido? Um, all the, I guess the model, dar- he's like a model darling, hits the ball hard. He's really young. Um, I mean, what do you think? I mean, a possible chance at, at another kind of steal late in the, the draft? Yeah, I mean, you hope so. I, that, that's what we were looking at. And we had the opportunity to get to know Avery really well. And we got to bring him into Philadelphia and, and not just do some of the on the field stuff, but some of the off the field assessment as well with them, that, whether that's makeup or whether that's physical assessment testing. And yeah, you, you take a 20 year old who basically didn't start playing baseball full time until he was in the ninth grade of high school. So development wise, he's way beyond or way behind where everybody else is on a baseball field. But you take a 20 year old college guy who more than held his own in the college game and the physical tools are out of this world, the physical assessment. One of the things I don't think we even knew when we brought him into Philadelphia is how good a runner he was and, and talking. He's going to go head to head with with Tayshawn as far as strength, athleticism, and some of the physical assessment testing that we did. So you take those combination of things of age, of, of performance at the college game, knowing he's behind behind the eight ball in his development process, and then the physical assessment testing and makeup testing that we, that we did with him. It was just a no-brainer at that point to, you know, sort of roll the dice, but but roll it with the, with, for the right reasons. Last one for me, and again, Brian, can't tell you how much, like, how appreciative we are for you taking this time with us. Again, like, you can see Jack's face. Like, he's been smiling here to hear the entire time. And I know for our audience, like, we have mentioned the name Bill Barber on our podcast a thousand Brian times. Barber. Brian Barber, excuse me, I was thinking of We're not 70 Flyers over yes, here. I got, they're, they're, yeah, they're, Brian we don't do Barber. hockey. Yes, Brian Barber, excuse me, on the podcast. As I, it, honestly, it's very high hopes fashion there. Um, but um, this is something I think you're the perfect person to ask because it's something I've been wondering about a lot lately with the influx. It feels like an influx. We've always had them, but an influx of, and Justin Crawford, you know, based on him talking about him, an influx of former players, kids. It feels like there's a real like boon of it. You know, Bo Bichette, Vlad Guerrero, I mean, Matt Holiday's got the, the top prospect in baseball's kid and the top pick in the next draft, all that stuff. Is there something to that? Like obviously genetics is part of it, but do you think there's something to these kids growing up around the sport or being more comfortable around the sport or whatever? Like, is it, is there something more? I've always, I've I've long been wondering, is there something more to this than just the genetics of it? Yeah. I think with, with a lot of the players like that, that you're talking about is, is obviously you've taken the, the higher, um, higher talented players. And then you add in the background that they have being around the game knowing how the game is played and, and then watching the game from, from an early age. And, and you're taking the players that are highly talented and then, and then adding in the baseball skill. And those are just the best players that are out there. And th- those kids that have had 
that that you know not every major league player's kid is as talented as those players that that you that you, that you mentioned. But when you take the talent, add it in with the baseball skill and the knowledge of the game, it gives them a leg up on everybody else. In the world that we're in, the the, the different showcases that, that we go to on the amateur side, you're looking at a lot of talented kids, whether that's position players, pitchers that throw hard, arm talent. And, and that's that's basically where their game ends is the talent that they have. They don't know how to play the game. They don't know how to utilize their talent. And these kids that you're talking about and mentioned, they, they can combine all of it. So when you get that, that was sort of the thing with Justin. We, we didn't like Justin just because he was Carl's, Carl's son. We liked him because of the talent that he brought on the field, who he was as a person. And then he had been around the game his entire life watching major league games and studied it. And that's what a lot of those kids that you just mentioned—they're—they're—they're they're, they're students of the game as well as being, you know, uber talented. Yeah. Last one for me. Um, you know, it's already been a, a, a great four years. I, I guess I was just curious where you see the department. You know, even like five years from now, like goals you, you have, or um, just kind of the future of you, you and Preston, and and how this whole thing is kind of trending. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with our our world is it just never stops. The minute you you think you. You know, you hit on uh, you hit on a player. Uh, it's basically start for next year and find the next one and continue to add that. I think we've done some of uh, some good things here. We're, we're not nearly uh, you know where we want to be as an organization on the minor league side. We need to keep working. I told you, you know, we're basically a little bit behind. I, I, I'd be putting addition on on the fly right here, but we've brought in somewhere in the neighborhood of. 65 players draft wise over four years. So 2020 and, and then 2020, it was only five rounds. So, um, it, you know, it, you're not turning around an entire organization overnight. It takes time. It, it takes multiple years to do that. And I think we're heading in the right direction, trying to bring in guys that are not, not just have the talent on the field, but, but have the baseball skill to utilize those, those talents. Uh, put it into performance, bring in the right type of kids with the makeup that develop a winning culture that are athletes that, you know, you, you have your, your group of things that you as a scout want to try to find. You need player development to help mold those players into being coming in the best players that they can be and, and, and hopefully getting the right situation for those players to get up to the big leagues and impact the game there and create wins in a world series. I, I mean, it's doesn't happen overnight. You know, Dave is able to do some of the things that, that change the major league system overnight by making a trade or a free agent. But on the minor league side, it just takes time. And I think we're heading in the right direction with, with some of the players that we brought in and Preston and his, his group developing them. Well, we do too, Brian. I mean, honestly, you know, again, uh, the history of the Philadelphia Phillies drafting and developing. I mean, even John Middleton said it like it's been. It's been tough, man, and uh, to see to see this this you know organization where they're at right now with the the winning culture and you and Preston and Dave and the whole thing like at, like at least for us it, it's all we've wanted you know this this type of setup so we're thrilled we're thrilled you took the time for us and uh, just keep doing what you're doing man you're making a lot of people really happy right now. Well, I appreciate it. Like I said, our job never stops here. We, you know, as soon as the draft was over. As, as you guys know, I'm out in San Diego at a tournament right now trying to find kids for next year. So it's all we can do is keep working and trying to bring in. The Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As players that we can, that we can bring in. I just taking more, take more high school kids. <laughs> yep, that, there he is. <laughs> Brian Farber. <laughs> uh, what a pleasure. Thanks again, Brian. Appreciate the time, guys. Really do. Yep. All right. So, you know. We all make mistakes, all right? You know, at least it wasn't as bad as on the morning show that day. DeCam Rash said to Sean Desai, what's it like to have your first job as a defensive coordinator? Oh. And Sean Desai's like, you're forgetting about my year in Chicago, huh? It was like, oh, no. Wow, so, that know, is a bad look. That would see worse than mine. Way so, worse. You know, so we all oh, make... way less. Uh, you know. <laughs> mine less. Less people will hear mine than Joe's. Uh, also, you know, yeah. But um, the the main point that I'm trying to make here is I am so incredibly embarrassed about that. I texted Jack after Jack was like, oh, that was great. And I was like, yeah, it was great. Other than me saying Bill Barber, yep. I'm embarrassed and I hate myself for it. So, Well, you rebounded. It I tried to. It was fine. I tried. Um, it was a great end. It was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, um, I he thought, was super honest, super forthcoming. The answer about the process of drafting Aiden Miller I thought was really fascinating. Yeah, me too. Like, you know, the 22 happens and he's – because we don't know that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and I kind of said it on a pod. It's like everyone knows how the NBA draft works, totally. how the NFL draft I thought works. that was fascinating stuff. Yeah, it just, he's like, he's like, I don't even know how the, the yeah. NBA well, draft talking about, like, the signability stuff and how they go about, like, you know, you, you know, like, you sure this guy's going to come here? Like, is that something you factor into what you're doing? Like, yeah. oh, it was it was all really fast. And again, to your point, because we don't, like, the to your overall point with that like the nfl draft the nba draft are massive things that everyone watches and they're on tv and we know the college players and all that stuff with baseball it's like a bunch of guys we've never heard of who most of them are like you know five to eight years away from playing in a major league tv you know it's it's uh it's such a different thing and we know so little about it i thought it was really informative for sure it's our guy our guy. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, hopefully a new tradition. Friend of the High Ups podcast. Brian Barber. Brian Barber. So uh, I'm sure we'll have Brian on again. Uh, hopefully. Because he was awesome. And again, for us, all-time get. I really did enjoy when Jack tweeted out the very special guest on the pod oh, tomorrow. Oh, and just the responses. It was like, I appreciate everyone thinking we were getting Trey Turner on the podcast. But if you know the High Hopes podcast, you should know that Brian Barber was always the goal for us. So Well, and also... WIP would get Trey Turner. Like, <laughs> Trey Turner will be on Marks and Reese yes. in the morning show, not on High Hopes. Yes, yes exactly. Let's be honest. Yes. <laughs> a little different in you know, circumstances. Yes. All right. Take back. All right. Uh, a very special take. you got to nail the take. I mean, there's a bit. You don't want to ruin an all-time High Hopes with a bad take bag, so not sure. any pressure on you. Um, so Lorenzen mentioned after the game with Caleb Cotham about the, oh, uh, the, the change grip, up. The grip. That's just difference making coaching. That's... It was a good. It was a really interesting guy. Yeah. Well, he hasn't. He said he hasn't thrown his, his change up in two years. Yeah. He said he showed me a different grip, and it was like, oh wow. And I, I actually forgotten about the connection. Like I knew he was in Cincinnati, but in that cut, I was like, oh yeah, duh. Like he was his pitching coach, and I'd forgotten that he had that history with him, which is which is neat. Dude, he had forty four percent whiffs on his changeup last night. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it, it, it just looks like a weapon. I, I, he started throwing it, and I was like, why would he? Like his, his mechanics are just so set up perfectly for a good changeup off that. Like, I don't know. So I'm proud of, of Caleb for, for, for doing that. Me too. That. Um, and it's, another, it's just another, the guy is. Tool a, in the arsenal. The guy is a difference-making pitching coach. I mean, the, the results are inarguable. Yeah. I mean, if, funny enough, uh, you know, we've talked about it a lot, but like, the team is is uh, uh, in a wild card spot right now, way more because of their pitching than their hitting. Like yeah. their starting pitching and their bullpen have been the two best things on the team this season, 
and not dating. And and a lot of credit goes to Caleb Cotton. Yep. Um, he's just, I mean, look at all the, 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 the seasons outside of NOLA. And some of this, like, it's just these guys, a lot of these guys have taken steps forward. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, that ha- that's a lot to do with what Caleb Gotham has done. Yeah. So um, I don't know if he's going to throw a no-hitter or go to eight innings every time out. But, you know, they have a... Uh, well, just imagine if he has his, if what he thinks is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, always, I always thought Lorenzen threw way harder. Yeah, he's not a... Yeah, he's yeah. like 93, yeah. 94 last night. He, he touched had, 95 in the eighth. Yeah, good movement, though, and the control was, was on point. Well, I didn't he did realize he's four like... guys. Yeah, I know. But it was the same two guys. Like, just, you know, don't face... Was it uh, Smith and, and Ruiz? Or, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Um, the other thing, too, um, with Lorenzen there... As I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, I didn't realize he's like top five in whip in baseball this year. Did well, you? The Michael Lorenzen breakout. <laughs> Michael Lorenzen. Finally happened. I know. For the Phils. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, and now it's going to come into like, what do they do with him after the season? Well, yeah. So, the funny thing is, we've got multiple of those. It's what do you do for him with the, what do you do with him for the playoffs? And then what do you do with it? So, let's, let's tackle the playoff thing real quick because, so we had Rob Thompson on yesterday. And this is another thing we probably would have talked a ton more about. Uh, if it weren't for you know the no hitter and all that, that he drives in and listens to he WIP. He listens to WIP every day. No big deal. Yep. Super cool. Probably around two o'clock. One of his favorite. One of his favorite. I think he, I think he goes in early. I think he's more of a morning show guy. No shot. He yeah. He's never oh, heard. He doesn't know who Joe. He likes to drive in early. No shot. You know, no, he's just listening and saying, "Oh, I hope my guy Seltzer talks. Is he yeah. talking yet? Is he talking yet? <laughs> oh, Seltzer. That's what he does. Yeah. Is that, is that Charlie Day? I mean, I talk to him once a week. No big deal. Or once every other week. So right. He is super nice, by the way. Topper, like just the night. I was like, oh, so happy to have you on. He's always like so like gracious and like you can tell that he. After all these years, wherever, like, I think he really appreciates that, like, someone is excited to have him on the radio and stuff like that. Also, a great talker and all that. But the reason I was bringing it up was not the WIP thing, even though that was the, the <laughs> coolest part of the interview. Um, that Joe asked him about, you know, is it an open competition? Oh, essentially, yeah. like, after Wheeler, like, is it just best pitcher gets in? And he kind of was like, yeah, now I don't, you know, he added on saying, you know, obviously it also has to do with who we think can pitch out of the bullpen the best. He's like, and we got to figure out Nola. And like, he had all that in there. And I don't think Nola's coming out of the rotation. But if we assume Wheeler, Nola, and Walker, because they can't pitch in the bullpen, are going to be in the, the playoff rotation, like, I thought it would be Ranger and Lorenzo would go to the pen. I mean, right now, I mean, I think if the season ended today, they, they'd probably put Lorenzo in the rotation. Do you think how do you think this plays out? Like, do you think it's more likely as of right now that that Lorenzen is in the playoff rotation or Ranger? Or 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 I'm wrong and Walker's not in it or something, which I just I don't see it because of that the no bullpen thing. Because of his wins. Yeah, the guy wins he's, too. He's, yeah. He's a winner. I And they paid him seventy two million dollars yeah, to come yeah, here where yeah. you want that not to matter, but it does. So. I think it'll be Ranger. Just because really interesting. Just because obviously he did it last year. They felt comfortable with him in the in the NLCS. I mean, he did close out the NLCS game five, and he pitched so. really well. Um, and he's just not doing it right now. Like he's just he's been okay. You know. Well, that's why I asked if it could change. Yeah. I mean, I know it could change, but like if you yeah. think there's a, a real chance, like how about this? How about this? Hey, Aaron. Yeah, can don't you just talk, dude. can you ju- give me a month and a half, Aaron? Like just start tonight. It's the freaking Nationals. Go give me seven. Like and just turn this. Like turn. Bull crap around. I am so sick of it. I'm we just, all are. Pal. I'm so sick of <laughs> we it. We all are. Like, it's time, man. We can't do the pitch clock. You're still throwing 95. Like, this is on you. Please. Like, if you just give us two months, I'll give you a hundred fifty million. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I don't care. 
please. Yeah, we're already going to be in trouble in, in like eight years, seven years anyway. Like, oh, yeah, let's let's live in the moment. Just 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 figure it out, <laughs> man. Like, it's, I'm pleading at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'll be Ranger to the bullpen, and then like, because I think Lorenzo. Oh, so you're thinking? Okay, so that's why I was confused. Uh, you think Ranger to the bullpen? Yes. I thought you were saying Ranger in the rotation. Uh, no, I'm with you. I agree, and I wouldn't have said that. Obviously, like even after the eight inning start, I still think I would have said Ranger. But but after last night, I just and look, Lorenzo could have you know. Eight bad starts before the playoffs. You are talking to, to people after a no hitter. Yeah, exactly. It's like yes. a, yeah, it's a good point. It's, a good it's point. a little hard to say. It's a good point. It's a little hard to say. Hey, get the bullpen. Good point. But again, if he's like, I think he's like twelfth in ERA. He's like fourth in WHIP or something. Like, he's if got, we get to the end of the three five eight ERA. Yeah, if we get to the end of this, which no, it, it's down from there. Is it down? Yeah, but either way, he's or maybe he's, he's not quite that high in ERA. But either way, the point is, is like he's. If the numbers are there, it's going to be hard to, to push them away, but the innings matter, too, and all that. Um, all right, what else? 3-2-3, three, three, by the way. 3-2-3. Three, three. Wow. That is pretty good, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, he's... I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's pretty good. That'll do it. Um, I mean, listen. I'm not... Listen. His, Lorenzen's walk-up song is a children's song. So, of course... Oh, wow. Of, what are the odds of that? Of so course. For those who don't know. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be children's night. But it got canceled. Oh, so. it got canceled. And it got canceled I didn't know that. To September 10th, which you know what September 10th is? Uh, day Eagles opening day. Oh, is it actually? I thought it was the 11th. It's no. the 10th? Well, that's not going to work for you. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, thank you. That sucks. So, Why did it get canceled? Uh, I guess members of the band were sick or something. Oh, so. it's weak. Oh, it's, it's just. I'm sorry. You were excited for Children's Day. Oh, I was very excited for Children's yeah, that Day. That is wild, though. Ironic. Yeah, well, so he comes out with uh, Ways of the Triune God, and uh, everyone was crapping all over it. I was like, nah. And then he went and threw a no-hitter, and it was like, that's what we do. That's why. Yeah. Yes. That's 100% yes. why. I probably would have been one of the people grabbing on you if yes. I had heard the song, but yes. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. So good good to see we have a, a children's band. Yeah. Well, also, I, and I didn't realize this in the uh, offshoot of this, but Lorenzo, I didn't know his whole story, too. Well, today would have been his dad's birthday, yeah, which is insane. Yeah, like about the, the drug addiction and, and the, when they were growing up with the parents and, like, he, you know, real real struggles for them and all that and, and powered through it all and is, you know— um, Sober and and has not you know touched anything for all those reasons. Like it's a really uh, it's cool to see people battle through adversity and come out the other side and and wind up where they're for sure. So the Phillies schedule obviously is lightening up there here. Yeah, buddy. But you see the Giants schedule? No, I haven't. Three versus Texas. Ooh. Three versus Tampa Bay. Ooh. Six game road trip versus Atlanta and then Philly. Yo. Three versus Atlanta again. Yo. Three versus Cincinnati. <laughs> what? Four versus San Diego. Are you serious? Stuff really? Little, well, little. we get the Twins and the Nats. Like, we got a couple against the Blue Jays, big deal. And then it's just, like, rolling through. Tough little stretch. Well, so today, actually, I believe the first day the Phillies have passed the Giants in the standings. They've been tied with them. The Phillies win. Giants lose. Phillies are actually alone. Well, they're four games up. Alone. Right? Four games up on the Reds and Cubs. I believe they're half game back. Three and a half up on the Marlins who are in that third spot. But, like, you know... But last year was not like this, man. Last year it was down to the final weekend, mm-hmm. even though it shouldn't have been. <laughs> Let's hope September is better this year. But like, wouldn't wouldn't it be nice to be able to set up your playoff rotation? Wouldn't it be nice to like kind of have everything kind of taken care of and whatnot? Yeah, let's not sweat this out. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, and also like. As far as it goes, if you're going to have to play a wild card series, and we had talked about before about wanting the central winner, I don't think it really matters. Like the Giants, like I'm not scared of the Giants, but. I would much rather play that series at Citizens Bank Park than go out to San Francisco. Like that yes. first wild card spot is pretty important. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, give me. I need that. Yeah, yeah we all need it. Yes. Uh, I drove in today and put on "Dancing on My Own." 
Like I, did, I had to. I had to. That's such a good vibe. I was so happy. I was like, let me feel it again. Let me feel it again. Uh, so, yeah, I, I did that. Dancing on my own. I know. It's back. It's good. Well, we're they brought so it back. back. So it's, it's, yeah, it's okay. Whatever. We're allowed to bring it back. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, let, me just, let me just say this. Let me just say this. You talk about the, the standing ovations and chill-inducing moments. I'm just saying that when Reese Hoskins takes the field or has an at-bat in a playoff series, that place is going to melt to the ground. So I agree. Reese looks ripped, by the way. I agree that it would. There is no chance Reese is coming back. Yes, he is. All this talk. Yes, he is. Where's he playing? I don't care. Okay. He's my pinch hitter late in the game. You're going to keep him on the bench to be a DH-only pinch hitter who can't play the field. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a great use of a roster. I will say, though, from a motivator, you know. Yeah. Shorber did it in 16. Do you really think it's going to happen? Honestly. Uh, yes. I don't. I really don't. I think he's going to play at some I point hope he year. does. I do think that'd be really, really cool. I mean, and then he, be magic. He bat spikes again. Be magic. Yeah, he strikes out on three pitches. Plays yeah, left. no spring training. Nah. He's coming back from an ACL tag. Yeah, yeah. He's playing left field. <laughs> he's playing left field. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. That's where, that's where he's going. Hey, maybe Bryce can throw better by then. He can play the outfield. <laughs> that's true. I mean, but yeah. Reese at first. Uh, yes. yeah. Reese at first, coming off an ACL tear without a spring training, playing big defensive moments. Everyone loves it. It's going to happen. Okay. Um, and, I can't wait. And my final thing is, uh, dude, like, I don't know how good he's going to be. But I just really enjoy watching Johan Rojas. Me too, man. Like, he seems like he makes winning plays every time he's out there. The defense is just like, he he basically just, like, shouts off everyone around him. Oh, he's it's like, great. I got it. He's, like, the only guy who does that. Yeah. It's like last time with Weston Wilson, he's like, get out of here. Yeah. Like, he's, like, yeah. like <laughs> stiff-armed. Well, also, his reaction to the Lorenzo no-hitter was I thought all it time. was. That's what I was going to say when you were done talking to us. I was going to be, like, just seeing him, the thrill, the joy of catching the out, throwing the glove. Like, the whole thing is, like, that was – I just think his his personality, period. Like, his, like – um, you know, like the infectious personality and the infectious positivity and stuff like that is something that you, know, you can kind of see, but it really comes through with him. And I think it's something where like, I think he's probably an awesome guy to have in your team. Like he seems happy. He seems super into it. He seems happy to be there. Like, I, I just think it comes through the TV, how kind of the, the joy that this kid has. Well, it's just so funny. Like he makes the final catch and has that reaction and like go doable the last time they threw it in the head. I don't think he knew. Like, I'm not sure he, 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 he was aware. He caught it. Yeah. Well, he was He's like, like oh, oh, he knows a no hitter. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. He was just like, oh, okay. All right, yeah, yeah. I caught it. All right. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but that yeah. part is my, we, so it's funny because we talked on the pod recently about, uh, Jack was like, we talked about the, in the cycle pod when we were like, oh, uh, happy to be be rid of that, obviously, of David Bell. And we were talking about the no-hitter. And you were like, I don't even know if I want someone to throw a no-hitter. We had such a perfect last no-hitter with Cole, and you know, we could keep that last for Last star is a Philly. Yeah. I will say the final out catch, much happier with Johan Ross than no for sure. But, uh, yeah, he's just uh, he's, he's, a, he's a fun fun player he's to watch. Infectious. And the defense is just it's out yeah, of control. I, it, again, we said it last time, but, like, it was such a thrill last year to have Brandon Marsh come over and just like, oh, every ball like is hitting, he's just there. Like the fact that Roas is like clearly better is like really something. He might, might even better than Pache. I think he might be. It's which close. Is insane because Pache, I think was. I honestly, truly believe you could play a two outfielder defense with Rojas and Pache and still get to every ball. Imagine that. Like I, they I, go, I mean, they go five prove, minutes. Prove me I'm wrong. Yeah. Prove me. Prove me wrong. There's how you get Reese on the field. Yep. There we go. Five man infield. Yep. Um, can you do that anymore <laughs> with the with the the shift rules? 
Did I have what? Can you do that anymore? You can't do a five-minute infield anymore, right? Uh, well, you could if uh, if uh, an outfielder can come up, for sure. Because huh? you, you're allowed to risk that. As you just can't, the, the, it, shift rules are the all about infielders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess my final thing is I just – I wish the video yearbook could come out today. Oh, dude. I So this is, I last year, obviously, you know, popped my video yearbook. Cherry watched it. It was thrilling. We talked about it on the pod. I can't wait. Yeah. Like, I'm like you now. You and neighbor Dan and, and include me in the group. Yeah. All in on the video yearbook. I can't wait. It's going to be, it's going to be. Amazing. This one's going to be really good. Yeah. Because last year we had, the, and granted, we need a playoff run to make it really great with that too. But like last year it was just like, all right, let's get some, like it was an enjoyable video yearbook. It was like kind of like, all right, get, give me the run here. Like, you know, this is nice. Oh, San Diego goes down. You know, they, they win. This is good. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Like it was like, get me to the playoffs. This one, it's like, give me all of it. Like, mm-hmm. I want every little beat of the season not, here. Not April and May. No, but it was like, April and May were tough. And then June happened. Yeah. And then boom, we're good. Yeah. And then just ride exactly the wave. Right. Yeah. Ride the wave, buddy. Ride totally. What a day. Such a good mood. This is really fun, man. I, I Keep giving us this, boys. Like, more <laughs> of this. This was great. Um, all right. Um, uh, last question for you mm-hmm. before we get out of here. I know you said what you want to happen, but official prediction. Aaron Nola tonight against the Washington Nationals. Big spotlight oh, on the game. Everyone's excited about Philly no baseball again. No teams ever thrown no hitters in back-to-back games, I think. I'm sure. Yeah. Official <laughs> uh, prediction. Brand. Five innings, four runs. <laughs> That's exactly. I was going to go six innings, four runs. Yeah, five yeah. innings, four runs. Yeah. But they win it late. They I like that. Late. They battle because that's what they do. That's what they do. They're just they're grinders. It's a beautiful thing. All right. Uh, again, shout out to Brian Barber. Really, really up uh, Bill Barber, Brian Barber. Whatever yeah, you Bill call Barber. Him. He's cool either way, apparently. Uh, and I'll be embarrassed forever. Uh, seriously, thank you, Brian. That was uh, that was so awesome having him on. Thank you, Michael Lorenzen. And and again, how about Wes Wilson? Weston Wilson, all right? A beautiful moment for that guy, too. Normally, I'd be in tears just because of that, and then Lorenzen upended him. Um, and I texted Jack last night. I was like, way to go, Lorenzen. Upstaging Brian Barber. But, I know. But it was worth it. I'll yeah. take it. It's all worth um, it. All right. Uh, we'll be back uh, after the weekend series against the Twins. Until then, an all-time high hopes. He's Fritz himself.